Chapter Ten of Tom and Some Other Girls by Mrs. George D. Horn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Hard work. From that day forward, matters moved more smoothly for Rhoda. Dorothy reported that Tom had returned to the house parlor to explain her regret at having misjudged the newcomer and her desire that her colleagues would second her effort to make Rhoda happy and as usual tom's word was law that very evening several of the girls took an opportunity of exchanging friendly remarks with rhoda while at supper an amount of attention was bestowed upon her plate which was positively embarrassing it was a delightful change but through all the relief rang the sting of remembering that it had been accomplished by thomasina not herself that the new friendliness was the result of thomasina's orders rather than her own deserts to her fellow students she was still an insignificant newcomer with no claim to distinction if she excelled in one subject she was behind in the next while at games she was hopelessly ignorant it was wormwood and gall to be obliged to join the bantlings at hockey and be coached by a girl of twelve but rhoda set her teeth and determined that if pluck and energy could help it would be a short time indeed before she got her reward oh those first few games what unmitigated misery they were the ankle pads got in her way and made her waddle like a duck and when at last she began to congratulate herself on overcoming the first difficulty they tripped her up and landed her unexpectedly on the ground although she was repeatedly warned to keep her stick down it seemed to fly up of itself and bring disgrace upon her and then alas the ball followed its example bounded up from the ground and landed neatly on her cheek immediately beneath her left eye a hideous swelling and discoloration was the result but after the first rush to see that the damage was not serious no one seemed in the least agitated about the mishap early chase would have been convulsed with panic from attic to cellar but thomasina only struck an attitude and exclaimed oh my eye and even miss everett smiled more in amusement than horror as she cried in the wars already rhoda you have begun early mrs chester would hardly have recognized her darling in the knickerbockered girl with her curly mane screwed into a pigtail her dainty feet scuffling the ground and her face disfigured by a lump which changed to a different colour with each new dawn if she could have had a glimpse of her during that tragic period it is certain that rhoda's term at hurst would have been short indeed but she was not informed of the accident while each letter showed an increasing interest in work and play rhoda had put her back into her studies and worked with an almost feverish earnestness the hours of preparation were all too short but she found a dozen ways of adding to their length so that from morning to night her brain was never allowed to rest she grew white and tired and so perceptibly thin that miss bruce questions her class mistress as to the change in her appearance she is an ambitious girl was the reply and does not like to feel behind she is working hard and making progress 
but she never complains or appears to feel ill oh well everything in moderation see that she is not overworked there will be no time gained in that way said the principal and forthwith banished the subject from her busy brain there came a day however halfway through the term when rhoda collapsed and found it impossible to rise from her bed three times over she made the effort and three times sank back upon her pillow faint and trembling and then in despair she raised her voice and wailed a feeble tom tom came promptly buttoning her magenta jacket and went through a most professional examination to the best of my judgment she announced finally you are sickening for scarlatina tonsillitis and housemaid's knee but if you stay in bed and have an invalid's breakfast i should say you would be fairly convalescent by twelve o'clock snoddle down and i'll see nurse as soon as i'm dressed and put her on the track i want miss everett sighed rhoda plaintively and tom gave a grunt of assent i expect you do all the girls want her when they are ill she's no time to spare but i'll tell her and probably she'll squeeze in five minutes for you after breakfast you are not going to die this time my dear so don't lose heart we shall see your fairy form among us before many hours are past perhaps so nevertheless it was good to be coddled once more to lie snugly in bed and have a tray brought up with a teapot for one's very own self and egg and fish and toast actually toast instead of thick slices of bread and scrape the luxury of it took away one's breath it was pleasant also to have nurse fussing around in motherly fashion and hear her reminiscences of other young ladies whom she had nursed in days gone by and brought back from the jaws of death from her manner it is true she did not appear to suffer any keen anxiety about her present patient but as rhoda looked at the empty dishes before her she blushingly acknowledged that after all she could not have been so ill as she had imagined after breakfast came miss everett sweet as ever and looking refreshingly pretty in her pale blue blouse and natty collar and cuffs if one did not know to the contrary she would certainly have been mistaken for one of the elder girls and her manner was delightfully unprofessional well my poor dear this is bad news i was sorry when tom told me what is it headache backache pain in your throat rhoda stretched herself lazily and considered the question a kind of general all-overishness if you know what i mean i feel played out i tried to get up but it was no use i simply couldn't stand i feel as if i had no back left weak as a kitten miss everett looked at her quietly then her eye roved round the room and rested meaningly on half a dozen pieces of paper fastened up in conspicuous positions one sheet was tacked into the frame of the looking-glass another into a picture a third pinned against the curtain and each was covered with rhoda's large writing easily legible across a few yards of space rules of latin grammar list of substantives tenses of verbs they stared at one in the face at every turn and refused to be avoided miss everett laid her hand upon the bed and something rustled beneath her touch 
yet another sheet had been concealed beneath her pillow oh rhoda she cried reproachfully oh rhoda the girl put on an air of protest what there's no harm in it is there i can't catch the others up unless i work hard i have not enough time in preparation so i put these up and learn them while i dress and undress and every time i come in to prepare for a meal you have no idea what a lot i get through and i keep a list in my pocket too and take it out at odd moments miss murray is surprised at the way i am getting on i have been surprised too to see you look so ill with such white cheeks and heavy eyes i understand it now but miss everett i must work i must get on if i am behind i must catch up even if i am tired i must get on in my class why 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 must she get on it was such an extraordinary question to come from a teacher that rhoda could only gasp in bewilderment why you ask why yes i do one always has some object in work i wonder what yours might be why are you so terribly anxious to come to the front a dozen answers rose to rhoda's lips to impress thomasina to show her that if i do think a good deal of myself it's not without cause to take the conceit out of the girls who patronize me to be able to patronize in my turn and not remain always insignificant and powerless to show harold how clever i am and to have my name put on the record wall when i leave they were one and all excellent reasons yet somehow she did not care to confide them to miss everett instead she hesitated and answered by another question i suppose you think there is a wrong and a right motive i suppose you think mine is the wrong one what is the right then i'm ill and reduced in my mind so it's a good time to preach i'll listen meekly and disagree with every word i say cried miss everett laughing <laughs> no no rhoda i never preach i know girls well enough to understand that that doesn't pay there are some secrets that we have to find out for ourselves and it is a waste of time telling the answers before the hearer is ready to receive them only when one has oneself suffered from ignorance and sees another poor dear running her head against the wall one is sorry that's all and one longs to point out the danger signals find out dear what your motive is and be satisfied that it's a good one meantime i'm going to take away these papers do you see every single one she walked round the room confiscating the lists and putting them in her pocket with an air of good-natured determination let that tired head rest and believe me my dear that your elders understand almost as much about girls as you do yourself we are never blamed for underworking at hurst and you may take for granted that the hours for work are as long as you can stand the short time spent in your cubicle is not intended for work but for rest of all kinds rhoda blushed guiltily during the first days at school the morning hymn had been both a delight and a stimulus she had listened to the words with a beating heart and whispered them to herself in devout echo they had seemed to strike a keynote for the day and send her to work full of courage but alas 
for the weeks past the strains had fallen on deaf ears and the lips had been too busy conning latin substantives to have leisure for other repetition her sense of guilt made her meek under the confiscation of her lists and pathetically grateful for the kiss of farewell thank you for coming i know you were busy but i wanted you so it's nice to see you you look so sweet and pretty oh you flatterer i'm surprised at you as if it matters what a staid old teacher looked like i'm above such silly vanities my dear she looked however extremely pleased and quite brisked up in fact and so delightfully like a girl that rhoda took heart of grace and inquired i wish you would tell me your object that wouldn't be preaching and you are so young to be working so hard i have often wondered ah cried miss everett and a curious look passed over her face half glad half sad wholly proud i'll tell you my object rhoda it's my brother lionel i have an only brother and he's a genius you remember his name and when you are an old lady in a cap and mittens you can amuse other old ladies by telling how you once knew his sister and she prophesied his greatness at school he carried all before him and he is as good as he is clever and as merry as he is good he won a scholarship at oxford but that was not enough my father is the vicar of stourley in d shire and has such a small stipend that he could not afford to help him as much as was needed then i wrote to miss bruce and asked her if she could give me an opening she's an old family friend and i knew that i had done well at examinations and was good at games the younger teachers here must be able to play with the girls it's one of the rules so she gave me my present position and i am able to help the boy he went up last year and did famously but i have had sad news this week he had been obliged to go home and convalesce after an attack of influenza and is so weak still that the doctor says he will want any amount of rest and feeding up before he can go back so you see i am more thankful than ever to be able to help i don't see it at all said rhoda bluntly i should be mad what's the good of your slaving here if after all he can't get on with his work you might as well be comfortably at home rhoda rhoda be quiet this moment it's bad enough to fight against my own rebellious feelings without hearing them put into words i won't stay another moment to listen to you she gave a playful shake to the girl's shoulder and ran out of the room while rhoda snoddled down to think over the conversation well then i suppose her motive is love love for her brother and a thinking of him before herself she comes here and slaves so that he may have his chance she's an angel of course an unselfish angel and i'm a wretch she lay still for a few moments frowning fiercely then suddenly the bedclothes went up with a wrench i don't care she's ambitious too she thinks he is clever and wants him to be great well so do i want to be great if it isn't wrong for one person it can't be for another my motive is success and i'll work for it till i drop End of chapter ten